Welcome to Link to Hope, a podcast from Kentucky Cancer Link. I'm your host, Ben Keaton. Until there's a cure for cancer, Kentuckians need hope today. Link to Hope is a monthly podcast featuring experts discussing ways to remove barriers for Kentuckians in need of screening, diagnosis, and treatment for cancer. In this episode, we will talk about colon cancer screenings and innovations in diagnosing cancers. We're joined by Dr. Whitney Jones, the founder of the Colon Cancer Prevention Project. Before we get to today's interview, I'd like to bring in Melissa Carr with Kentucky Cancer Link to talk about the episode. Melissa, I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, We are talking to Dr. Whitney Jones with the Colon Cancer Prevention Project, uh, and he has a lot of exciting things to say about the work that they're doing. Can you talk a little bit about why uh, we decided to include the Colon Cancer Prevention Project in this episode? Yeah, so we um, we work closely with the Colon Cancer Prevention Project, and um, we're proud of all the partners that uh, he discusses in this episode. And, you know, I think that it's just really important work, and I think it's a good model for other states to see how we're all really banding together to make an impact. And you'll hear some of those statistics when he talks about it. And, and um, yeah, I'm just excited to hear what he has to, you know, has to say and share it to the world. So in the upcoming episode, he's going to uh, reference a few times um, some resources that are available, and I believe those resources can be found at the Kentucky Cancer Link site. Uh, If people have any questions about that, how can they get in touch with you um, or the organization to learn more? Sure. And we want, I'll reiterate what he will say is that if you are uninsured in the state of Kentucky and need colon cancer screening, there are resources available. And the the best thing to do is to reach out. Um, you can go to our website at kycancerlink.org um, or call our office at 859-309-1700. There are multiple options and we'll do our best to steer you in the right direction. Great. And without further ado, let's hear from Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones, thank you for uh, joining us today. Um, As the founder of the Colon Cancer Prevention Project, I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about the organization, why you founded it, and what your mission is. Great. Well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to to join you guys uh, in this podcast. You know, our organization, it was founded in 2003, and it was formed to increase colorectal cancer screening across the state of Kentucky. Uh, Initially, uh, I'd seen three people within a short period of time that had metastatic colon cancer blocking their liver and their bile ducts, which was my area of specialty. And I couldn't believe that that many people in such a short period of time had presented with colon cancer when I thought screening was uh, taking care of it. But a little additional research at that time uh, suggested that Kentucky was last in the nation in screening uh, or 49th. Uh, we were number one in mortality and number one in incidence, and we were only screening about one in three of our population. So uh, we put together an organization that's primary mission was to increase screening rates, uh, not to study if they work or not, but to just increase them and and people with insurance, without insurance. Uh, And and so really that was the impetus was to try to do that. And what I thought might be a simple project over a couple of years turned out to be an 18-year project. project, if you will, and we're still not done in the state of Kentucky. We've made great progress, lots of amazing partners. Uh, We focus on advocacy. We focus on uh, legislative and uh, legal issues within state policy. Uh, And then we support uh, all the other organizations around uh, 
the state with information, statistics, uh, medical expertise. Uh, but in general, the project's there to help people get screened in the state of Kentucky. That's the, that's the number one reason we started and still drives us today. Can you talk a little bit about some of the barriers that were in place or why some people were choosing not to get screened? Why was Kentucky one of the last states in colon cancer screening? Well, um, you know, traditionally, Kentucky sort of always on that dark part of the map that is always shown at national conferences when they show where areas are. So we have a lot of issues with uh, health and health determinants. And what I've learned from my great colleague, Tom Tucker at UK, is that are almost related uh, uniquely to social determinants, which are education, poverty. Uh, those are the real drivers. Race, as we've known, but it's not all about race because we have you know, folks in Appalachia uh, who have low screening rates and high incidence rates. Uh, I think K- Kentucky generally has had poor health parameters related to heavy rates of smoking, exercise, dietary issues, low exercise, uh, high weight. Uh, those have all been contributors. But the low screening rate, I think, had to do with the fact that no one had really focused on it. And the University of Kentucky had begun to focus a program in about 2002 uh, that I was unaware of until then. So I think we just had low screening nationally and being a, a laggard in the nation in terms of health statistics, or at least positive health statistics. Uh, it wasn't really surprising that Kentucky was amongst the bottom uh, in that case. So I think if it doesn't get attention, it doesn't get changed. So that's that's the great work of all the folks on the team now uh, has taken us from 49th in the nation to as high as 17th. I think right now we hover around 20 or 22. So uh, I think it's one of the great success stories in Kentucky public health. And who would have thought you could have led from the behind? No pun intended, correct? Well, I wouldn't have put the the in there had I not (laughs) intended. Can you give us an example of a program or two that the Colon Cancer Prevention Project um, has has put out there that you think has really helped raise awareness uh, and, and driven people to get more screenings? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you two. You know, back in the 2000s, before the big digital ages had hit, we had a simple pamphlet that said, are you at risk? Am I at risk for colon cancer? And we distributed almost two million of those over 10 years across the state of Kentucky and surrounding communities. So that's that's one piece. And I think that really helped to create the awareness because those were the days when you saw your doctor and they had pamphlets in there and everything like that. Uh, the other one back in the mid 2000s was a project we helped the city of Louisville with called the Rubbertown Project, where the city of Louisville got a settlement for chemical spills and injuries in, in the far west area called, known as Rubbertown. And they had a community screening program as a way to use those funds and help improve the health of the folks in that community. And initially, despite Kentucky being number one in the nation for mortality, number 49 in screening, they initially didn't include colon cancer as one of the health screenings that they were going to offer to people in that area. So the project came in, brought together hospitals, doctors who were willing to donate services, and then we were able to perform over 600 screenings for people during a uh, two-week intake. And and a lot of people still think that's why Louisville continues to have a very you know, high rate of colorectal cancer screening relative to its population. So those are two issues. We've done several documentaries statewide. Probably our longest lasting work has been the work we've done at the legislature when it comes to policy implementation.
Can you talk a little bit about some of the policy implementation? What was the problem that you were trying to solve for and how did the policy allow you all to, to solve for that problem? All right. Well, well, well initially, I, I'm going to tell you my naivete. Even though I really wanted us to uh, increase screening, my initial motivation was American Cancer Society used to put out a report card, probably still does, about states with regards to screening practices. And because colorectal cancer was not a covered screening benefit in 2006 and 7, Kentucky got an F. And so our initial movement uh, in 2008 was to make sure that insurers who sold insurance in the state of Kentucky had to have colorectal cancer screening as a piece of their coverage. Uh, we had been inspired, however, after some site visits to New York about the program they developed for the uninsured in New York City. And so uh, our great governmental lobbyist, Jason Baird, who I had just met back then in 2007, uh, said, well, you know, we could, we could try to get a program in for the uninsured, but this was the beginning of the Great Recession of 2008. There wasn't any money. Um, but he said, well, we can go ahead and do it. Let's just put a clause in that if it's unfunded, no problem. So we did it. We created the Kentucky Colon Cancer Screening Program, even though it was not funded. Uh, and its advisory committee, which continues to meet today. And um, over time, that became funded in 2014. And since we've been able to offer screening statewide for people who are un- and underinsured and, uh, you know, with the great partnership of folks like Kentucky Cancer Link and the Kentucky Cancer Program, Department of Public Health, UofL, you know, we really have become a model state in the nation around making sure that uninsured people have access to screening. a really great legislative win. And, you know, having more people with access to screening, um, you said, reduces the incident rates. Can you talk a little bit about what an incident rate is and why early screening is helping to reduce those incident rates? All right. Well, the best way for non-statisticians out there, incidents is just a number of cases. And usually it's uh, normalized per 100,000. So you can figure out you know, and compare different states or different regions. So an incidence rate is, uh, for instance, in Kentucky, there'll be about 2,900 people who get a diagnosis of colon cancer. And so that's the, the incidence of colon cancer. And then if you put that per 100,000, you know, that gives you a number. And so that's the number we track because the population goes up or down depending upon your state. The number of people at risk may go up and down. In other words, the people who are, you know, it was 50 and now it's 45, so that adds more people. So uh, in terms of incidence rates, the reason why we reduce incidence with colorectal cancer is because if you identify polyps in people who are undergoing screening and remove them, then those polyps don't get an opportunity to turn into cancer. And this happens uh, absolutely with colonoscopy, but it also happens with stool testing, which we, we don't really uh, look at as finding uh, polyps more so as diagnosing cancer, but there is a percentage of polyps that are identified and removed. And so many programs that use stool testing still have significant decreases in their incidence rates. And just for comparison, uh, before we started in around 2002 until now, our incident rate, the number of cases has fallen about 28% in Kentucky. And what that means is almost 400 people every year in Kentucky, compared to 20 years ago, don't even get a diagnosis of colon cancer because those polyps were removed and those cancers were prevented. So that's a lot of people each and every year. And 
the statistics that uh, Dr. Tucker just came up with suggest an excess of $40 million a year saved in treatment costs across the state of Kentucky because of those 400 people never developing colon cancer. I'd like to take a quick moment and do a PSA for uh, colon cancer. Can you help us understand who should be getting colon cancer screenings? Um, what age? Uh, what's the demographic look like? Great. Well, colon cancer uh, primarily is a disease of aging, and it's also a disease that runs in families. So the first thing I would tell you is that if you have colon cancer or colon polyps in your family, uh, particularly early colon cancer, but even in the 60s or 70s, talk to your doctor about starting your screening at age 40 or 10 years prior to your relative who was affected. Uh, so that's one first degree relative, like your mother, father, brothers and sisters, or two second degree relatives, like your aunts and uncles or your grandparents. Uh, those are people who are at high risk. The rest of the population are what we call average risk. And average risk screening in Kentucky starts at age 45 and goes through age 75. Uh, between 76 and 85, it's a personal decision. If you're healthy and feeling great and you got a long life expectancy, certainly we'd recommend continuing screening. If you have significant health issues, however, screening may not uh, be helpful or beneficial to you. And, and so that's the normal risk population. And in, in that population, there's multiple options for screening, stool testing, colonoscopy, There'll soon be blood tests coming on the market within the next two or three years. We'll see a lot of technology. The final group I want to mention are people who develop signs or symptoms of colon cancer. Uh, and colon cancer, as we'll talk about in a little bit, is going up in the younger population. But regardless of your age, if you have changes such as rectal bleeding, unexplained diarrhea, other changes in your bowel habits, unexplained weight loss, abdominal pain, or unexplained anemias, you need to get you to your doctor and get that checked. You, one of the things you want to make sure is you're not developing colorectal cancer or colorectal polyps. And so it's incredibly important to shorten the time from symptoms until uh, you get evaluated. So those are really the three buckets, the high risk, the normal risk, and people with symptoms. Are you seeing any additional trends uh, in either colon cancer screenings. Uh, you mentioned young people uh, with colon cancer. Um, it, how are you addressing that? And, and what can the Colon Cancer Prevention Project do to continue to you know, both raise awareness and increase uh, the or decrease the incidence of, of colon cancer? Right. Yeah, I think the biggest trend in the last year, of course, has been COVID, where we saw up to a 90% reduction in colonoscopy screenings uh, last March, so in 2020. So we've got, first of all, a, a lot of uh, work to do about how to catch up to where we were on screenings and even move further to reach our national goal. So I think that's that's certainly one of our areas that we're focused on. Uh, and we think stool-based testing will probably play a larger role in that because that helps to sort of weed out, if you will, the people with the higher risks who will have who are more likely to have findings at colonoscopy. And again, not forever necessarily, but perhaps as a bridge. The second area is, of course, uh, the underage 50 colorectal cancer, so also known as early age onset. And uh, we've noticed that uh, around the last decade, we've been seeing more of it. But now that we've got better science around it, it appears that people born around 1990, a couple years before or after, 
have a dramatically increased risk of colorectal cancer compared to people born in the 1950s. And uh, to give you an idea, a person born in 1990 has a 200% increased risk for colon cancer and a 400% increased risk for rectal cancers. And so that's really dramatic. And uh, a lot of this increase is going on in, in whites. Uh, blacks have had high rates of colorectal cancer and rectal cancers for years. And so uh, the, the focus here is really, we don't know exactly what's causing it. We think it's a combination of environmental things, eating, diet, nutrition, maybe the microbiome, uh, exposures to carcinogens. Uh, we don't have a specific piece down, but the colon is like you know, your exposure to the outside world. It could even be something like exposure to antibiotics or things that people were exposed to in utero. So there are a lot of great scientists working on that to figure that out. The key for us at the clinical end is to make sure that people are aware of colon cancer and really work to prevent it lifelong by knowing their family history, being aware of the symptoms, avoiding those lifestyle uh, issues that we know contribute, smoking, obesity, uh, diets that are high in processed foods and meats, uh, and then heavy alcohol use. Uh, so those are ones we can avoid. Um, so, so those are really our focuses, is to begin the educational process uh, for people in their 30s instead of waiting until 50 to start the conversation. We think that 45 is the finish line for the conversation and the time to start screening for most people. So the Colon Cancer Prevention Project is doing a lot of great work, and you had mentioned earlier working with groups like Kentucky Cancer Link. Can you talk a little bit about some of the partners you work with in the community and how you work with them to help raise awareness about colon cancer? Sure, absolutely. I mean, Kentucky is, uh, I think we're ahead of the the mark uh, in terms of cancer prevention teams that are on the ground here, particularly in colorectal cancer. Uh, but uh, CancerLink is amazing. They're such a fulcrum and focal point for the colon cancer screening program because they serve as the navigators for the state program, which is known as the Kentucky Colon Cancer Screening and Prevention Program. So those are that's the group that provides free uh, colon cancer screenings, including colonoscopies, for people who are uninsured or underinsured. Uh, we work a lot with the Kentucky Cancer Program East and West, and those are housed at the University of Kentucky and University of Louisville, respectively. We work quite a bit with our colleagues in the American Cancer Society. Uh, Fight Colorectal Cancer uh, Group has been really active in Kentucky lately and helped us in funding some of our legislative uh, victories. Uh, the Kentucky Department of Public Health, and in fact, our whole state government is a real model because both from the legislative and executive branches, They've been supportive of the state program for the uninsured for uh, uh, almost a decade in terms of not just the uh, housing, the program, but actually funding the program with a half a million dollars a year so that we can actually deliver those screenings. <clears throat> I think the last group I want to mention are all the health systems and payers that are out there. Because they're so integral to actually delivering screenings. Uh, so the whole healthcare system, you know, the Baptists, the Nortons, the University of Louisville's, the Kentuckys, the ARHs, the King's Daughters, Owensboro, Pikeville Medical Center, Twin Lakes, um, those guys have been huge partners and continue to help us work through these challenges of the COVID. 
so that we can catch up on COVID, onboard those 45 to 49 guys who are eligible for screening now, and then make sure that we leave no one with a healthcare disparity behind. So we have a rich partnership across the state of Kentucky uh, in colorectal cancer. And I think that's in large part why we're the most improved state in the nation over the last 20 years. As the Colon Cancer Prevention Project continues to work with all these groups, um, new and innovative testing and screening methods are coming online. You'd mentioned them a little bit more. Can you talk a little bit about you know, what is coming out and what you see in the future and the impact that we'll have on screenings or the impact that you hope that it has on screenings? Right. Well, you know, colonoscopy is a great test. And, uh, you know, having been a gastroenterologist for years and having had my own colonoscopies, I, I think they're great. But it's clear that that's not the only test for people who are at average risk for colon cancer. If you have elevated risks for colon cancer, you need colonoscopy, 100%. If you have symptoms, you need colonoscopy. Uh, but for the people who are average risk, uh, who may not be so interested, we have several tests, and, and I'll talk about two of them, FIT, which is fecal immunohistochemical test. And that's a stool test that you do once a year, and it checks for blood in the stool. The second test is called a stool DNA. Uh, it's commonly known and marketed as Coligard, and that looks also for blood plus DNA markers that are suggestive of cancer or precancerous polyps. Because even though these polyps and cancers bleed sometimes, they don't bleed all the time, but they're always shedding DNA through cells. And so that's the basis for that. What we're going to see coming in the next, and those are both uh, market, uh, on the market and commercially available right now, and probably will provide some great uh, support as we catch up and uh, onboard these new folks with screening in terms of systems. But the new ones that will be coming up will be blood tests, and there'll be really two types of blood tests. There'll be ones that'll look specifically for colorectal cancer, and there's several of those that are you know, being evaluated by the FDA and CMS right now. But in the future, uh, this is really going to get amped up to what are called multi-cancer early detection tests. And this is really where the triad of uh, genetic science and biotech, uh, machine learning in terms of being able to sequence something over and over again, and then just the underlying power of DNA technology nowadays is going to allow us to do blood tests that will screen for up to 12 cancers. And in some of the tests, they may have been up to 40 cancers. Uh, and it'll tell a person, you know, whether they have a cancer or not very specifically. Uh, and again, we expect these to supplement the current screenings that we have, not to replace them. At least we don't think so at present, but it'll supplement them because uh, about two out of three people with cancer prevent with, present with advanced stage cancer. And that's just inappropriate. We need to be pushing that down to where that's, we're catching early cancers uh, three-fourths of the time for people who, who get screened. So these cancer tests will look for colon, stomach, esophagus, pancreas, liver, uh, gallbladder, lung, breast, ovarian, endometrial, kidney. I mean, there really is amazing technology. So I would recommend folks go out there and read about multi-cancer early detection tests. And already the American Cancer Society is lobbying CMS or the, the government uh, Medicare uh, organization to approve and fast track testing for these. So when they come on board, Medicare recipients 
who far and away have the highest rates of overall cancer get access to testing. So, uh, you know, no one would have thought we were doing, we'd do colonoscopies 10,000 years from now to screen for colon cancer. So that future and that development through biotech and molecular diagnostics is coming. And that is certainly one of the project's focus is to bring new technology and cutting edge technology to Kentucky's battle on cancer and screening. So I'll leave you with this last question. What's next on the horizon for the Colon Cancer Prevention Project? Well, I'm going to tell you that, but I'm going to answer a different question between that. Because <laughs> I really want to make sure that anybody out there listening knows that if you're uninsured in the state of Kentucky, that you can get access to colon cancer screening, regardless of your uh, lack of insurance. And if you're underinsured and you can't afford your copay, we can help you in the state of Kentucky. And, and that gives you your choice of tests, stool-based or colonoscopy. <clears throat> and we've got a great team in the Kentucky Cancer Link to make that happen. So that, that's one of our goals going forward is to make sure that we increase the uh, program uh, to more locations statewide and that we drive and make sure that those people who are potentially most at risk know they have access and know how to link up. And I know you'll have Kentucky Cancer Link's uh, phone number on here. Uh, what the rest of the project is going to do is, is continue to get the word out about underage 50 colon cancer. We're working with uh, healthcare systems and payers about accurate coding to reduce unnecessary cost sharing so that when people get a stool test, uh, that they don't have to pay a copay on top of that after when they get their colonoscopy and their completion. We'll be continuing to advocate around early age onset messaging to make sure people are aware of the signs and symptoms of colon cancer, what their risks are, and how to get screened and with what tests are optional. And then finally, we're doing a big program in Appalachia, partnering with Kentucky Cancer Program and the Kentucky Cancer League to deliver almost a million digital messages in two area development districts to create awareness around and action towards uh, appropriate evidence-based screening or appropriate diagnostics if you have symptoms. So we are going to, uh, as I said, our goal is to be the most improved state in the next decade in the nation. And with great partners across the state, we intend to get it done. Well, this is great news. Thank you, Dr. Jones, for sharing all the great work that you're doing with the Colon Cancer Prevention Project and your, your passion uh, for making sure that people are getting screened. Well, thank you, Ben, for having me. And I appreciate all the great partners across the state and especially Kentucky Cancer Link. Thanks for being a part of our conversation. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and share on social media. We are back each month with a new episode. Please join us next time. Yeah.